Hi there, this is Piper. I'm just popping in here at the beginning to let you know that there are some moments in today's episode where we have some connectivity issues and we lose a little bit of content in some sentences uh, that we figure out partway through. So we want to apologize to our listeners and to our guest, especially Ray, for this. It's really unfortunate and we really hate that it happened. Um, but as a bonus, if you're watching the video version on YouTube, you do get to watch me panic and squirm while I try to figure it out. We're not experts, and we are still ironing things out, so thank you so much for your patience, and I promise this episode is still super amazing, and our guest is awesome. So without further ado, here is episode two of New People, New Ways. Hello, and welcome to New People, New Ways, a podcast in partnership with Fresh Expressions Florida and Fresh Expressions United Methodist that explores new ways of being church through the stories and insights of scholars and practitioners alike. I'm Piper Ramsey Sumner, a layperson and cultivator of Fresh Expressions in the Florida Conference of the UMC. And I'm Michael Adam Beck. I'm the director of Fresh Expressions Florida, the director of Fresh Expressions UM. And in this episode, we are joined by Raymond Ray Jackson. And Ray is a spiritual entrepreneur with a passion for Jesus and people. His daily work includes pastor, innovator, spiritual life coach, motivator, public speaker, uh, social justice facilitator, and a creative artist. And he is a pioneer in crossing traditional barriers uh, including working with multi-ethnic, multi-economical, multi-generational, and cross-denominational arenas. He's a musician, educator, thespian, and music producer, as well as an experience in planting, building, growing several youth and young adult-focused churches, ministries, teams, movements, and nonprofits. Currently, Ray is the founder of The Well, the Creative Arts and Conscious Awareness Faith Community, and the One Love Life Center, a nonprofit agency providing mentoring, training, spiritual guidance for distressed youth and young adults uh, in Prince George's County, Maryland. He's called to reach those who are tired of the cliche and status quo, but who are in search of true spiritual growth and genuine community with the support of the arts. Ray has two sons through foster care systems, 10 grandchildren who call him Pop Pop. And just in his spare time, he just kind of ran for mayor too. So <laughs> Ray, so no, good. No biggie. <laughs> yeah, no biggie. Like you don't have anything else to do, you know, going on. <laughs> uh, man, Mike, thanks for that introduction. It's great to be here. Um, I always cringe when I hear my bio rig because I'm like I don't know I don't even like talking about myself a lot so when I hear other people I'm like yeah just skip it <laughs> but thanks for having me out to Pope Piper and Mike enjoy thanks for having me with the invite dude it's our honor to have you bro it's uh thank you so much for taking the time um and so you this this first question might be a little bit of a stretch for you but uh who is Ray Jackson yeah, um, I love it because you asked that question. I'm just like, I don't like talking about myself, but <laughs> um, but I, I, um, <laughs> I um, you know, I'm just a regular person that loves to love, loves to love people, um, loves to love God. Um, I am, uh, I like to call myself a permanent student. 
um, not necessarily of like formal education, but a person, a, a, a promising student, just life. Um, I think life teaches me all the time, and I'm always asking questions and just curious about what life will lead. Um, I'm an artist. I love arts. Um, I'm a lesbian. I'm a musician. Um, I am a church planter and um, just a person that likes to do whatever I feel like I'm called to do. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, but, you know, just again, I think what really fits is just a student of life, just learning as much as I can as I go along. I love that, bro. That's awesome. I love that too. I feel like that we're kind of starting a theme a little bit because our last interview was with uh, Bishop Ken Carter, the bishop for our conference here in Florida, as well as in Western North Carolina. And he talked about reverse mentoring and how even though he is a leader of the, you know, inside of this big institution, and he's educated and he has so much to teach other people, he consciously takes the time to learn from people that are outside of kind of his realm and to learn from those people that see him as a boss. He wants to be um, be able to learn from other people as well. And so I'm the, the idea of learning forever and not just when oh I've got my I've got my degree or I've read enough books and now I'm done but I think we should always be learning and always soaking in new information and learning from new people so I love that idea yeah I, I appreciate that if I could just add I mean I think part of that is like you know if we approach life that way it helps us to love a lot more right because if I if I approach people and I go doesn't matter what your circumstance is but Human, the fact that you are created, at, right? God has something special in you, right? So every time I approach someone, I'm always like, look, this is awesome. I, I teach kids um, at a daycare Bible school on Mondays, and that's what I remind them all the time. I'm here because I want to teach you, but I want you to teach me. It's what, what do you have to give me? And I'm always willing to absorb that. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, teaching at a seminary, um, I, I work with doctoral students, master students, and uh, one of the ways that I stay on the edge of like learning what's what's happening in these different fields, like missional ecclesiology and um, practical theology, those kind of, is like I'm learning from my students. So yeah, I'm coming in with to grade and to like parse out, you know, and and check Turabian and all those things. But really, I'm just on the edge of learning, taking in, you know, what 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 they're exploring and moving in these different fields. So, hmm. yeah, I love that's that. Dope. That's yeah, dope. yeah. So one of the things that um, is really important to you is the arts. It seems like it's a really um, it's a big significant aspect of who you are with um, the music that you make and that you produce as well as um, theater and other kinds of arts and stuff. And so why would you say that you see art, music, theater and other creative expressions to be compatible with spirituality and empowerment, since that's also what you interlace into your uh, your work life, into your vocation? Yeah. So for me, um, it's, it, it, it's like my, my generation said, it's the creativity for me. Um, I think um, that it's the, one of the ultimate reflections of us being spiritual beings, right? Like God is the ultimate creator, right? We all acknowledge that. In the beginning, there was God and God 
created on and created this on the third and created. And so God is consistent and constantly creating. And um, the artists give us the opportunity um, to create consistently and constantly, right? Um, and the source of that is that God had this amazing imagination when God creates humankind. Well, in the arts, we get um, to experience that branch of God within us, which is our imagination, right? I mean, and it's, 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 a, it's a revolving door to me because when you, um, it takes an idea to create, it takes your imagination to create. But then what happens is, is you create, um, there become these, op these opportunities for other people to add on right, as you go along. And so people are consistently creating it. And so the arts gives us the opportunity to do that, to make stories, to use our imagination. And so there's a part of that that's just extremely spiritual because it's us tapping into that God, that divine that, that lives within us. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think art, um, it can be, it's a way to express things that words can't. You know, their words involved, but you can, uh, with a song, you can elevate those words to mean to mean even more than what you can say by changing the way that the song sounds. Or when you're painting or doing some kind of other kind of visual medium, you're doing something that, um, yeah, that words fall short. And so I, I think that's, and I've seen that happen with, you know, therapy with young people and old people alike. Art therapy is such an incredible way to help people process things and to express emotions and to explore spirituality and creativity. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And art is like the inspiration, right? Like you, music inspires people and motivates people. You go see a good movie, it inspires you, it motivates you, right? Like, you know, I just feel like when you see good cinema, good hear good music, um, witness a good dance, hear a good poem, at the end, you feel moved. If it's good, you feel moved. And it's like it leads you to go into action, to go do something different. So it's the imagination and the inspiration. Ray, I love I love the depth of theology that you just brought to that, like <clears throat> how God you know, first imagines everything that is, right? And then speaks it into being uh, through through the spoken word, right? And then um, invites us like in to co-create, like only God can create ex nihilo, you know, out of nothing, but he invites, he, he brings all all the species of the, of the earth and says, name these things, right? Like, so in Jewish tradition, to name something was to be involved in the creative, authoritative kind of process and what you're doing is like plugging into god's imagination and that's kind of flowing through again like process like when you're creating music um and we definitely want to drop in in the show notes like where people can find uh your, your work because it's incredible i got i got ray jackson originals on my itunes right now y'all so. <laughs> you know, so just like how do you bring that creativity that artistic thing like what you do in a studio it sounds like to me and i could maybe i'm misreading you're like applying that into like forming christian communities with people that aren't really going to connect with a traditional or conventional form of church um what's that process look like for you is, is there some connection in that yeah i think so man i mean I, yeah absolutely i think um 
you know, for me, the studio is a place where you get, you know, I'm being like vibe of things. I mean, so you get like, and just you just get to be right, like, and and I think that's that's it's it's a freeing process, right? I think right, like God calls us to be. Um, God says, "I am that I am," and that's the place where you just get to be the I am in your own way. Right. And so studio for me is just a vibe, man. Like it, I have a business partner that's amazing. Um, but when we get together, we can just, you know, chill. And um, it's almost like if you make it, if you, if you allow it to be spiritual, you allow, um, you allow the divine to talk to you. You allow spirit to talk to you and you feed off of what, what that looks like. It's your experiences, your everyday life experiences, your encounters with other people. And I'm big on, Again, not just when I have my prayer time, I'm with God, but when I'm with other people, right? I'm with God because if God is in you, have this moment that you know, brings us closer, brings us, you know, brings us closer to God. Um, and then I'm over, so I just feel like whatever comes. And so oftentimes I'm writing for me, other times, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like you begin to live the life of someone else. Or you begin to live lives of other people that you can bring to your music or your poetry and then just kind of make that into something. And then it's dope because in that experience there, you not only are using what is spoken to you, but a lot of times if you're writing for somebody else, you're bringing out what's in them to the forefront too, which is this dope experience as well. So, uh, I mean, that's dope. And then, of course, like you said, like reaching folks that there's this community in the arts that I love, um, you know, like other artists, they vibe with you. So when you're together, it's just, there's a vibe. There's just, there's a spiritual connection. Like you feel me, I feel you. Like what you said touches me and what, what you wrote touches me. And you just, you just vibe off of that. So it's, it's all about the vibe, I guess. And some people say vibe, some people say energy, some people say spirit, you know, whatever you want to put there, uh, you can use. See, so as you were just sharing that, I was wondering, like, are you really kind of like channeling some Jesus vibe right there? Um, not to be corny or anything, but I was I'm just thinking about how Jesus like he saw for one, he 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 tended to see people that no one else saw and he was really focused on them. And then the scriptures talk about um, he would see them and then he's moved with compassion so like the Greek works, Blakmichinai, he's he's like literally feeling what they're feeling and he's he's noticing, you know, sheep harassed without a shepherd and he's seeing them in their need and that compassion, like his creativity flows out of that compassion, his ability to like see through the eyes of other people. So does that does that feel like kind of similarly what you're doing in your work and your art? Yeah, man. You know, we did a um, we did an encounter on the well where we did uh, it was called hip hop uh, hip hop in church, um, and we had a um, great guy on there who talks about uh, spiritual MCs. Um, what I love about and I'll use hip hop in this example um, is that in hip hop there's this truth that people are usually speaking right in poetry and hip hop um, and dance even in, in the dance there's a truth that you're bringing to the forefront. It usually represents maybe sometimes you said earlier, maybe you can't use words, Piper, right? But you can express it in some sort of form or fashion. And um, to your point, Mike, I think we 
I think that gives us an opportunity to relate to other people, right? And to express to other people how we how we encounter God, how we experience God. Um, you know, a lot of people don't want hip hop sometimes in their church because, for example, they're like, oh, you're you might have said some things that we don't think fits in our context, or right, you shouldn't say that. But what I love about hip hop is just that. Is it's it, it's not something that you are trying to hide something. You're trying to expose truth. You're trying to bring truth to to the light. Um, if I'm talking about how I live, where I live, where I'm from, right? I'm bringing my truth to to an element uh, of light. Um, and I think that's a, a really big spiritual place, right, in the arts and in creating music and in all of that. It's it's vibing with the truth and bringing it to the forefront. Hmm. It's good, man. Yeah. I love that a lot. I feel like that's a lot of what um, we we do with the fresh expressions and with these new ways and different ways of, of doing church, even just by existing and by doing um by doing what we what we kind of do naturally, which is to create spiritual communities outside of the kind of the typical it can feel like an affront to some people because we're doing it differently. It doesn't, it doesn't work or vibe with, you know, everything that people are used to. And so it becomes a bit like prophetic in a sense, even if it's not on purpose, which I think that's kind of true of the prophets too, right? They weren't purposefully trying to upset everybody who was hearing their message. That kind of was um, just the result of what they were doing. Um, and that's why we love to use the term uh, missional mischief. Because you're kind of you're stirring things up, um, whether it's on purpose or not, and I think that's cool. I see, I could see that a lot with how that could happen with hip hop and that kind of the nature of that of that music and of um, exploring these deeper ideas that people aren't maybe sometimes not ready but need to hear in church. Yeah, yeah, and I think like music, arts, creativity. I think people are looking to be um, accepted for who they are. Mm -hmm. I think people um, also, right, want to be challenged in life so that they can do better. Sometimes we don't know it, but I think we all like to be challenged because it's how we a lot of times get to the place where we do better or rise above where we are when we're challenged. And I think people want to be inspired, right? Mm -hmm. So I think arts oftentimes opens the doors for this spiritual move for people to fill all three. I think that's also why we're, we're the community um, and we're the church, right? With the well, for example, you don't have to be in a building. You can be on a basketball court, right? And have an encounter with the well. Um, our, motto, our motto is encounter the well, become the well, emerge and share the well. And then we share with people, that's a mononymous with encounter Jesus, become like Jesus, emerge and share Jesus. Encounter love, become love, emerge and share love. You can use whatever, you know, sending them there. Um, but I think when you allow those spaces, especially where the arts are, you do all three, right? You accept people for their truth, right? And Jesus, we see Jesus do that all the time, right? We, we, we you know, he, he, we, we never see a place, we, we see places, even with Peter, right? When, when he asks, who do you say that I am? But he also accepts Peter where he meets Peter at, right? It's never a thing of like, I'm not going to accept you first. And so we accept people for where they are. I think the arts, though, when we have a community like ours, we also um, challenge people to do better, 
Sometimes it's in the poetry. So if you have a diverse group of people, especially um, if I'm speaking about my life as a black man in a country that doesn't necessarily accept me in all those forms, then there's a challenge for folks when they hear my art. They might not get it if I'm talking to them, but if they go back and listen to the lyrics of a song or you know something like that, they're like, oh man, like I didn't think about it like that. But what he said was so amazing or what he shared was so amazing in his poetry. Um, and then it inspires you to go do something different. It makes you think, maybe I'm not operating the way I should operate. Maybe I'm not treating everybody the way that I should treat. So again, if you are able to do that, able to accept people for where they are, challenge people, and then inspire them to go do something or greater good, I think you have a, a community that embraces arts and really pushes people in a, in a very Jesus spiritual way. Right. So, so I want to hear like what what a week in the life of the well looks like. But <clears throat> something you just said that I want to kind of key in on for a minute, and you you just keep reframing this in the conversation, and I love it. Where it's more, it feels like a, as a facilitator leader, um, you are trying to bring people to their own inner truth. Um, like, so in the church world, we do like extrinsic motivation, like you should go do this because, you know, the Bible says it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, to me, it sounds like you are locating the intrinsic motivation that people have, um, in the depth of their own truth. And then starting with that and helping inspire them to like, you know, live into their own calling and truth. Um, and then guiding like the spiritual formation from that place where I feel like we failed so much the extrinsic, you know, go do this because it's what we should do rather than listening, really trying to understand who someone is and then working with that that's already inside them. Is, yeah. that, is that an accurate read on how you're going about this? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Listen, I, like I said, like you're born. God created you to be you, right? right? On purpose, you know? Um, and God doesn't make mistakes in who he creates. I, I really believe that. Um, and so everybody has this this God, this God thing in them. They have a part of the divine in them, you know? I don't think that our job is ever, um, after someone's been created, to make them do something because we think they should do it. Uh, I always tell people, I think God's, God doesn't have a problem with speaking to anybody. God wants to talk to somebody. God can talk to somebody. He doesn't need you, me, or anybody else to go speak to him. Um, sometimes he allows us to be used. You know, God allows us to be used um, to speak to someone else. Um, you know, we see that example with Moses. God doesn't need anybody to talk to Moses, the burning bush, right? God is, God is captured there, and God speaks to Moses and then says to Moses, all right, now you go and be a messenger, right, to to Pharaoh and tell him what I said, you know, but I think Pharaoh truly knew um, and had an intuition that, okay, you know, this, I know this God is real, but it was just Pharaoh being stubborn being hard-headed, you know? Um, hmm. I think in the same way, yes, with the well community, that's exactly how we focus on is I know that God really can talk, really probably does talk to you. I just want to be a messenger if I can and help, to, to, to help move you or inspire you again, challenge you, inspire you. I accept you for who you are. Let me inspire you and challenge you now to, to form your relationship with God and you go where, you, where God sends you. I, you know, I, don't, I can't send you without God talking to you and sending you, and then maybe I can, I can be a messenger and a part of that. But yeah, exactly. Take what a person has, challenge them, 
let them go do what God is, is calling to do. It's awesome, man. So tell us, what is it like a week in the uh, life of the well look like? Oh, man. So um, it's crazy because people think we're crazy because we're on a sabbatical right now, which is really cool for us because we're sort of re um, sort of rebuilding and re rebranding ourselves. Um, but man, a lot of one-on-ones, I come from a community organizing background. Um, so a lot of it is, and I, I push my, my squad, which is what I call our leaders. I push our squad to do one-on-ones all the time. Um, I, we're, we're built on relationships, personal relationships. Um, so we're not doing our job. We're not really fulfilling our call in ministry. If we're not sitting down with people or having conversation with people. Uh, so one-on-ones are a big part of that. Um, I, um, um, I, I'm big on like going out to uh, the arts communities where there are shows and where stuff is like that is happening because they have their own amazing communities um, within the city and with different places. Um, so attending a lot of those shows just to kind of meet people where they are so that I'm not saying, hey, you should come to or you should be a part of without getting to know what their life is in their own community and in their own context. Um, I think that's important if we're going to accept people for where they are. Um, yeah. And then, um, and eating, uh, our folks like to eat. So <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't know. I think some of the best conversations and relationship building happens around meals. Um, so we might not even meet to necessarily go over, you know, business. We might meet just to chill, just to talk and, um, you know, and, and, and vibe. So, uh, it's a lot of relationship building. It's a lot of relationship building. Cool. Yeah, that's such a that's such an important aspect to anything to community organizing to building a movement to you know having a ministry is you have to have those baseline relationships people have to trust each other and be on the same page and it and it doesn't really take work it takes taking time to be with each other and to be authentic with each other and meals are definitely one of the best places to do that sitting across the dinner table with each other eating some really good food. That's the way to do it. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or or in your case, Piper, like in breweries, you know, meeting people where they are. Over, over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what we, I do in Tallahassee. Yeah. Got Tallahassee Brew Theology, and we meet in a different brewery every other week and talk about different subjects related to religion and philosophy. And so it's fun to be in a laid back, comfortable environment, but to dig a little bit deeper. Um, and because of that, and just the consistency of doing that, it, it has become a really cool community of folks and we all take care of each other and we um, celebrate birthdays and holidays and baby showers and all of that stuff together. And it's a really awesome community. And yeah, it's all over beer, even though not everybody drinks, but that's the environment that we're in. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I and I, um, I love, I, I like to get to know people. Like, I don't even tell people I'm a pastor sometimes. Um, you know, mm -hmm. like, cause I just the moment you tell them, it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, let me not. And I honestly, I don't like that because I like to know you for who you really are. Like, I want to know the real you because mm -hmm. I'm gonna definitely give you the real me. Um, you know, and um, I don't, I know this isn't popular opinion for a lot of people. Um, but like, I, I remember when I took in my oldest son back when I was younger and I was working in youth ministry, um, he invited me, well, he didn't invite me, 
I went to go drop him off at somebody's house, uh, houses. And so we got there um, and I, he gets out of the car and I'm not that much older than my oldest son. We really almost could be brothers. Um, so age difference, I was 22. He was 14 when I took him in. This is a couple of years after that. He's out of high school at this point. Uh, we go in and he looks at me crazy. He's like, you're, you're coming in? I'm like, absolutely coming in. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know who you're hanging out with. I want to know, like, you know, I'm, I'm getting it. I still want to know. So um, we go into this apartment and, um, you know, we get in and everybody's blazing. And I, I you know, I, I wasn't a smoker. Um, and so he's still going to be like, this is this is crazy. And when I say blazing, they're blazing marijuana. Just make sure it's clear. <laughs> um, so we, we sit down and they're passing, you know, they're passing the, the J and everybody's looking and they're like, so you're a pastor. <laughs> you know, like, so you're in the room and you're a pastor. But it was, I, I say that to say, it was one of the dopest experiences I've had um, because, because I was willing to come to their context um, and just sit down with them. They, it led to this conversation, this beautiful conversation where people started asking about different things in the Bible that they wanted to know. And they're like, so as a pastor, you know, when I left, um, people not only wanted to like know how they can be a part of the church that I was at at the time, but also there are people to this day um, that have kind of like become adopted godsons who have been like, they'll, they'll call me if they need something or who are now part of church ministries or who, you know, I can call on, we're doing special projects. So it's just, again, that relationship building and being able to walk into somewhere and meet people at that real, that real space. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I hope it was okay sharing that story. I just like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I guarantee that somebody in the next couple of years is going to start a, a fresh expression with a marijuana smoking community. Yeah. It's coming. We just need yeah. to be ready for it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, will you will you unpack for us a little bit like your journey uh, and how you took in, you know, foster kids and like what, what's the story behind that? How'd that unfold? Yeah, man, it's one of my it's just honestly, that's probably one of the best things I think that um, God has allowed me to do in my life. Um, my oldest son, so I worked in the school system um, and <laughs> My oldest son, um, Travis. So that was a, I had a mentor in the school system um, and he kept saying, you know, look, we need to really get you in, plugged in. You work well with kids. We, we really need to get you, we really need to have your official mentee, start having your official mentees. And so um, my son, who at the time was in the high school that I was working at, um, was already in the system, had a foster parent, um, and also I, I got a chance to meet his real mom. She was there, but just they weren't living together. And so um, long story short, we uh, he got detained um, during the first summer uh, or during the school year in juvenile. And um, he would call me every day after school to check in. And I, you know, hey, Travis. Now, here's the thing. I did not like him personally, but I loved him, but I just didn't like him because he got on my nerves a good bit, but I had already agreed to be his mentor because <laughs> he just had this crazy sense of humor that I wasn't always fond of. Um, but he would call me every day. I would always take the call right after school. So I asked him, I said, look, you know, what's going on with you? Where are you going once you get uh, released? Uh, and he said, you know, well, because I knew that his foster care parents at the time were not really wanting to take him back. 
So uh, he doesn't hesitate. I ask him this question. He's like, coming to live with you. Like, you know, like almost like, why is this even a thought? You know where I'm coming. Um, and I'm like, uh, okay, you know, I'm, 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 I'm living with my mom. Um, and I'm like, okay, whatever. So I go home, I tell my mom. And, um, and I was like, isn't that crazy, mom? She's like, well, what is God saying? Which I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> you're just supposed to say no. Like, you're not supposed to ask a question. Um, but eventually yeah. I knew, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I, I don't know. I just felt like it was what I was supposed to do. Um, and so my mom was like, cool. So we all, we took the classes, got the, um, got our place uh, verified. And um, we took him in. A couple of years later, I had a, um, a female friend who I was dating, who was bringing young people from her school. She's a vice principal now. She was bringing um, kids to the, to the church. And um, she started to mentor the, the females, the young ladies, and I would mentor the, the, the young men. Well, um, she brought a young man, that, a, young, a young boy at the time, who was in high school, born in high school. Um, born did if I would come to court with him I did the next morning met his mom uh, about eight months later his mom died from cancer um, and his stepfather did not really want to keep him um, and but he you know anyway and so there was no other family that wanted to take him in um, and so um, I was able to you know take him in and uh, the school system worked with me everybody worked with me it was really divine how that happened um, and then of course through them uh, I'm not saying I'm totally proud that they just went out and did their thing, but I actually have, I need to update it because I now have 11 grandkids because each one of them, one of them has five, the other one has six. Uh, and so now I have grandkids and, I'm, and I was a pop pop as early as 25 years old, but I love my grandkids with replacing for thing. Man, that's so awesome. Thank yeah, it, you. Thank you. It's sweet. It's sweet. I love that so much. I think that, I don't know. I think that we're, um, I love that God calls people to, to create families in ways that are not what we, you know, typical, you know, we see that a lot with people who have their chosen family and with foster care and adoption. And I think it's a really wonderful thing when, um, families come together in these ways that are not expected, but needed and important. And, created something really beautiful and i love that 25 year old pop pop i think that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> part, part of what inspires me so much about that ray is um growing up on the other side you know juvenile detention and in and out felonies my whole young life um and didn't have somebody to step in mentor me um and that that was pretty devastating you know, path that I was on for a while for not just me, but for everybody involved in that. So um, I really deeply respect you for that. Um, and I wish there was more men like you, you know, stepping up in the world, taking that kind of a ministry on. Yeah, I appreciate that, Mike. You know, I there's so many young people that I've dealt with that were in the system. And um, one of the things that I hate is that um, in both in the, in the incarceration system, and in the foster care system and especially with the foster care system I hate that I feel like a lot of times kids are looked at as experiments almost right like let's try this and I get it I get it you know 
But I think what happens is people don't understand that a lot of times foster kids' thoughts are, I'm so used to being passed around, you know, that they will they will challenge um, the people that they're with um, to see if they're going to last. And, and I think a lot of times it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, I... It, I just hate that they're they're not looked at as a permanent fixer. I will work through this with you. I will walk through this with you. And it's for the long term. It's not just for the short term. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Well, just back to what you were sharing about how you kind of, you know, meet people where they are, come into their space, one-on-one relationships. You know, that's a lot of, of your your how you see forming a new Christian community. In Fresh Expression, we have this, and this sounds formulaic, and forgive me, but it's like this listening, uh, loving and serving, building relationship, exploring discipleship, you know, church kind of thing. Um, It sounds like from the first time that I heard about the well when we were uh, hanging out that you just like instinctually, you probably have never even heard of that, that journey um, or, or at that point in our conversation, but like you do it, you live it. Um, and it like flows out of your life and how you go about, um, you know, be in church. So when you think about, um, you know, how, what, what are your dreams and hopes for what the well's going to become? Yeah. Um, really, I, I really want us to be a really large community. Um, you know, I think the beautiful thing about what we do is that, um, we embraced the virtual community early on. Um, before the pandemic, you know, that was already a part of who we wanted to be and who we were. Um, and so my hope is that the well continues to be a church. We call it the, uh, the, the, um, the unchurched church. But I hope that it continues to be sort of this underground church. You know, uh, I know, Mike, you appreciate hip hop, so you know, if you, when we refer to like the underground, right? Like, um, yeah. and also paying homage to um, the underground railroad ro- 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 as well. But when you think about hip hop in terms of being underground, oftentimes some of the underground hip hop is the best hip hop, right? It's the raw, you know, ex- most expressive hip hop um, that there is. And I think the well is a lot like that, right? It's is really truth and ministry to the core of our existence of just being, just allowing ourselves to be free, um, to be who we are, and yet still vibe and respect the God in another person. Um, and what I hope is that we are able to enlarge our community and enlarge our territory by just being natural and organic. And at the same time, um, because we're virtual, it allows us to have a community that is outside of just within the context of a state or a city. Uh, and so I hope that we can begin to grow partnerships because that's what we're formed off of partnerships with folks across the below who can then say, yeah, I'm a part of the well, right? I know Jesus because of the well. And so that allows us to build um, communities or small communities within the context of other states or other cities or other places. Um, hey, what does the well look like in, you know, um, Arkansas? What does the well look like? In Canada, what does the well look like in um, London? And it doesn't have to be the same as it looks like, um, you know, in our community, just here in, in Prince George's County, Maryland, or the D.C. area. Um, to me, I think it's biblical because I think that's a lot of what the disciples did after Jesus left, right? They could be somewhere else, 
but they still had communication with, you know. Um, and so I think that allows us the opportunity to evolve what ministry looks like um, and, and continue to grow, you know. So, yeah, that's that's where we're headed. And then we've got our, that, that enlarges our artist network, too. Um, poets who are in Jersey or Philly, um, dancers who might be out in the L.A. area, uh, you know, um, and then, you know, artists or um, philosophers or, you know, people who are just high thinking, high vibration, high vibration, high frequency people who just want to be a part of a community that accepts them. I love that. Um, one of my favorite moments with, with you was out in Cali. Uh, listening to Pac and playing Uno until like two or three in the morning. <laughs> the whole group. That that was that was fun times. But um, the the online component of what you do, like unpack that for our listeners. What what does that look like? How you're making connections using, um, you know, virtual and digital technologies. Yeah. So it's a beautiful thing, man. We uh we are linked up with um. Uh, a nonprofit called the Amplify Network. Um, shout out to Jackie and Terrence, a married couple who decided to start the Amplify Network. And it really, they started to help churches understand how they could be innovative through technology. Um, but they sort of, they started this network that they do online, both on YouTube and Facebook currently, um, that allows um, this audience, um, a community, this large community um, for people who are doing ministry in different spots. Um, so they've got people down in Texas, you know, we've got a really big uh, group down in Texas that they're part of. Of course, the well is one of the big, biggest uh, ministry um, things that they have. But um, our online ministry, our encounters, um, if we, what we call them, um, allows people to join us um, on Thursday evenings. And they get to be a part of a conversation, a very real conversation. So we do things like sex and scripture, um, as I mentioned, hip hop and church. Um, is the black church still relevant, um, you know, and allows them to have the conversations that are oftentimes conversations that people don't feel they can have in the traditional settings. Um, so we're meeting people again where they are because it allows us to be real and authentic and people don't have to go, well, can we talk about that in church? Can we talk about that in front of the pastor? You already know you can because the title a lot of times is already, and I believe in making titles that push people's minds and like, what? Sex and scripture? Can you actually talk about that? Um, yeah. You know, so so the, the online encounters, that's what it is. Uh, and we the, the, the also the amazing thing is not only um, are our participants in our community from across the globe, but also the people that we are that we have on um, as panelists. Right? We had a great night where where the, when the election was happening um, with with Biden and Trump. Um, we had a uh, black African-American Republican, very conservative Republican, uh, and we had a white liberalist. Uh, and that was an amazing conversation. It happened right before one of the debates. Um, but we also ended that show with love. Like they both were like, hey, we have to talk again. You know, so it's important that we show that there are different people of different backgrounds, different religion, different political views um, that we can still exist in this sort of Christian circle, even if we disagree with each other. And we can still have conversation and we can still love each other at the end. I think that's a challenge that we're trying to, um, to help navigate uh, because churches can be one of the most segregated hours that we have. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's, what our, that's what our online format sort of looks like. Awesome. 
Yeah, I love that. And I think it also it provides, like you were saying, like an opportunity for people from all over the world to come together and to have find a space where they can express themselves and talk about those those questions that they aren't used to having inside of a typical church building um and exploring the um music and art and those I love the fact that you're having those kinds of conversations that I don't think I could I could I'm trying to imagine like any church where I could see folks sitting down with really opposing political views to have a conversation and then the fact that at the end it was wrapped in like you said it ended in love and a mutual understanding I think I think that's like I almost want to say it's like our only hope <laughs> as Christians is if we can't have those conversations and if we can't sit down and connect with people and understand that we are all we're on all on this journey of figuring it out together. And so if we don't listen to each other and remain open um, and be lifelong learners like we talked about at the beginning, we're going to stagnate and fizzle away you know, <laughs> and so we have to be willing to be open to those kinds of things. And I'm glad that you guys are creating that. Hey, can I say this, Piper, you know, to your point, like it, to me, a lot of our encounters are real Pentecostal, right? Like they're very like, like the day of Pentecost, like we get, we get to experience that over and over and over again, because it's definitely people that are from different places, different backgrounds. And like every encounter, I feel like, you know, they're definitely disagreeing. Disagreements. There, there are always some disagreements. Even if people like are very diplomatic in how they present the differences, and you know, it's still there. But what I love again is like every encounter, even if you disagree with somebody, there's so much love, you know, within the community. Like you can't hate. You know, you might be a little fired up. Like I want to, I'm gonna talk after this. You know, but there's so much love between you that you just couldn't imagine not loving that person or being able to still, like I said, we like to eat, go out and eat. You know, with the person that you had the encounter with. So I think that's what makes it so dope. You know, sorry to cut you off. I just had to share that. Oh, that's good. I love that. So one of the ways that your organization, um, the One Love Life Center, you talk about reaching distressed youth and young people in your area, and you say that you want to reassert a sense of hope in the future. So what do you have hope in? It's mm, a good question. Um, this might be really cliche, um, but love, I, I really do think that love covers a multitude of sin, but I think that love at the end of the day, love is a foundation for all of us. I mean, whether we have grown up and experienced love at some of its highest forms and frequencies, or we're looking for love um, because we don't feel like we've had it, but we are always in search of love. So I have, I, my biggest hope is in love. I think it's what helps us to look past people's differences, like we just talked about. Um, and I think, I think although we seem to be in a crazy moment in our country, um, maybe even in the world. We are strongest when love calls us to act, right? When we go back into history, when we look at 9-11, when we look at our world wars, when we look at um, the civil rights movement, when we look at um, those historic moments where we are challenged to work together, that's when we usually see us at our best. And I think people say, why would God allow things this to happen or love that to happen? 
Um, and I, you know, we don't have the answers for that. If we're truthful, we really don't have the answers. But if I had hypotheses, right, I would say God allows us to experience those down moments because a lot of times that's when we see us at our best. Uh, and so my hope is that we will continue, um, we will continue to, to, to thrive and progress as a culture, as a world, and in ministry um, because at the foundation of who we are is love. Yes, I love that. That's how I try to live my life as well, that love be the basis of everything. And what else is there to hope in, you know? love i think that's the that should be the first and the primary thing so i love that so much i think that's great so as we're wrapping up a little bit once again uh this podcast is all about exploring new ways of being the church which i really like the emphasis on being the church so what would be your kind of closing thoughts or maybe some words of advice of folks who are looking to uh, create these new ways of being church uh, for themselves and for their communities and their friends. Yeah. So let me just say thank you for, you know, your time. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, you know, I, when I met Mike, I um, just, you know, fell in love with who he was. I think he's a dynamic person. Um, and the ministry you both are doing is just so super important. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be in your, in your space. Um, share time with you um you know the methodist mandate is go and create disciples right um we know that that's biblical right so i think we have to challenge ourselves though um to figure out the best way of doing it um, you know earlier we talked about accepting people where they are and challenging them inspiring them but I think what we have to do oftentimes as a church is accept where we are personally, figure out um, the nurture, what role nurture has played within us, right? Where did I grow up? What did that look like? What was my surrounding? What was my environment? Ask ourselves, what are we bringing to the table from our nurture? Um, and then challenge ourselves to look outside of that. That is a beautiful world of people. Um, and so we should always be curious about what other people's experiences have been because our experience is a choose for us. But when you think about that, then you've got to be aware that there are experiences that other people have gone through that represents the truth for them. And if we serve this great God who created all of us, there's, there's, there's no mistake in who he created um, and, and how he created them. And so experiencing and understanding life from that perspective and then challenging ourselves to go past that that nurtured place. So what if God is as big as how is it at play and move outside of our traditional selves and allow ourselves to experience God in all of those forms? I think that's the place that I would just push people, right? Love outside of where you were nurtured. But you know, embrace those places, accept people, and and be willing to be a student. As I started off with, be a student of life. God teach me through other people. Let me listen to listen, not just to answer, but listen to listen. And what can I learn? Um, if I if I really see God in this person, and God has brought this person in my life, I love to share with them. But God, open me up to hear what what you're saying through this person as well. 
right? Teach me to learn from me teaching. Um, so yeah, I think we if, we if we if we look at life that way, we'd be a lot better for it. Man, that's gold, Ray. Um, one of the things um, I just wonder sometimes if in this culture, um, in in order to communicate or really to be able to like um, kind of be heard with people, you either have to be uh, an idol or an icon. And like idols kind of point to themselves and point point like away from God. Icons can be authentically who they are, but they point to God. They point away from themselves and they point to God. And I think you embody that for me. Like the way that you emphasize love and the way you live that out and the way you your life points to God, it's not a sketchy way. It's not a forced, you know, like people just get magnetized to that. And I really appreciate the way that you embody that in your life and your ministry. Um, and I hope that those of us who are kind of tuning in, listening to this conversation, um, can take some notes about how you're doing that. And uh, just finally, tell our tell our listeners how they can connect with you, uh, wh where they can find you, all that stuff. Yeah, man. Again, thank you for uh, those words. Um, yeah, so you can find me on pretty much... Um, all of my social media handles at I am Ray Jackson. Um, Twitter, I don't really get on Twitter a lot, um, but uh, my Instagram and Facebook for sure, I am Ray Jackson. Um, or you can look it up if you want to just friend me at Ramon Jackson, spelled with the I R A I M O N Jackson. Um, you can find the well um, online at Encounter the Well. Um, all of our social media handles are the same for the well, both Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then you can follow, you can go to our website, encounterthewell.org. Uh, you can find my music at the same places. If you look up Ray Jackson on Spotify or iTunes or, um, you know, Tidal, whatever you're streaming on, you should find my music on Ray Jackson. Cool, cool. Awesome. Yeah, everyone definitely connect. And I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do right after we're done here. I'm going to listen to some of your music. Um, I'm excited to, to listen to hear what hear what you got out there. But thank you again so much, Ray, for being here. This has been such a great conversation. I know I'm definitely inspired and love hearing your story and just the theological like impulse and the way that you're called and the way that you articulate that is really awesome and it's incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yes. you. And to those listening, thank you so much for joining along in this episode of New People, New Ways. If you enjoyed our conversation with Ray Jackson, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening through. And if you want to learn more about Fresh Expressions, check out Fresh Expressions Florida, freshexpressionsfl.org. And find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We would love to connect with you. So see you next time on New People, New Ways.